1: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of (sighs) iHeartRadio.
0: Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian.
2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, co-host today, Matt Harrison. I am Matt Harrison. Yes. Yes. I I think you were up. I think it was your turn in the order, the batting order. Yeah, we've Welcome been have been
3: rotating around fairly well this summer. I think. Yeah, actually, I, think, I mean, Brian Brian had all of last summer. He did. He 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 was he a did. warrior last year, but uh, we've been we've been kind of doing a good job of rotating it.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, we're going to break down the. Key things you need to know about every team in the AFC West today. Yes, and we ha- we did we'll all NFC of the uh, we've done all the all, other all div- the teams. other divisions. Yeah, and you
3: can find those on previous episodes of Fantasy Correct. Football Weekly.
2: And we encourage you to go back. Yeah. and delve into the the archives of Fantasy Football Weekly. So we'll hit Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, and you know break down the the offseason moves, the things you need to know, just some of the refresher stuff as we're mm-hmm. starting to get into the draft season, and. Really, I've said this now for two straight weeks. Really optimistic. By the time you hear this, guillotineleaks.com will be live.
3: <laughs> I've been, ju- <sighs> it, it, I've just been refreshing it over, yes, and, over. over and over. Control and F5. Of, uh, yes. Control F5. I'm not
2: going to bore people with all the little details, but yeah, it's, uh, hasn't just trying to get all the, Eyes dotted. You're just
3: sharpening the blade. Yeah. 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 i right. will go with that.
2: All right. Let's start with you, uh, if you don't mind. Raiders. How does You want to start with Raiders? Sure. Okay. Let's start with the Raiders, a team that I think
3: everybody feels like is on an uptick right now based on... Is there any team in the AFC West that doesn't feel like they're on kind of an uptick? I mean, Kansas well, City yeah. can't be on the uptick right. since they they've, lo- been, they they've been up Tyree, there so long. And they lost Tyreek Hill. Um, so... We'll start with Derek Carr. Uh, he seems very secure in his position, so much so that he said Colin Kaepernick would fit really well in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. if, if Carr's given that endorsement, that's kind of cool. Um, he had the best passing year of his eight-year career last season with just over 4,800 yards, but only 23 touchdowns through 17 games. mm mm-hmm. His ADP has shot up to QB 14, which is about as high as it's ever been, just behind Aaron Rodgers on the list.
2: It is as high as it's ever been, no
3: doubt about it. But, you know, you look at that lacking passing score total, and if you want to emulate what Aaron Rodgers does, you go get Aaron Rodgers' favorite receiver, and they traded for Devontae Adams who is the wide receiver who's had the most receiving scores in the league over the last handful of years, 29 in the last two years alone. That's a lot. Uh, Five different double-digit receiving touchdown campaigns in his career. Oh, by the way, he was Carr's teammate at Fresno State. Both entered the league in 2014. Both were second-round picks. But Derek Carr is just not Aaron Rodgers, and this is Devonte Adams entering his age 30 season, so despite this shotgun Sin City wedding, I'd scale back my expectations on Adams just a little bit. He's an alpha, but there's a couple other players there who really need the ball, and they're good enough that he's got the best supporting cast around him as far as other options. Including Hunter Renfro, who they liked enough to re-sign to a brand new deal this week. Yeah, let's go to him. Uh, he was kind of thought going into last season is maybe the third, fourth, fifth mm-hmm. option in Vegas, and... He really took over that team starting in training camp. Uh, held Brian Edwards off the field was really better than Henry Ruggs when he was still a part of the team. And out of the 18 games last year, including the playoffs, Renfro had six or more catches in 11, and he scored in eight different games. So he was very consistent. I mean, kind of like the the poor man's Cooper Cup, really. Sure, but uh, Renfro was a third tier fantasy asset.
2: Prior to the second half of last year, when everybody else went down, and yeah. that offense had to funnel through him, yeah. And so the question in my mind is: Healthy Darren Waller, Devontae <laughs> Adams now there, <laughs> yeah. What do you know? How, it, where does that leave Hunter Renfro in the pecking order when Derek Carr goes back? Sure. To pass? I mean, is
3: he is he number three of three here, in, or is he the guy who developed such a rapport with David Carr over the last year that right. he's still number one in David Carr's mm-hmm. eyes? Could be could be a little bit of both. Um, I mean Renfro and Adams. What a what a tandem! Adams has never had as good of a wide receiver on the other side since Jordy Nelson. Did they play together? Yeah, like in his first couple for ten of years. minutes. Okay, yeah. I mean Adams wasn't Adams then. <laughs> no, not, he was a ball dropping yeah. fool back in those days. Uh, so I mean, and then you got he, he's never Adams has never had a tight end as good as Darren Waller, who was injured for most of twenty twenty one. Even when he did play. He was kind of a shell of his 2019-2020 self. Those were two 1,100-yard seasons. He also scored nine times in 2020. Yep, that's it. <laughs>
1: nine times. I
3: should have warned nine you. Nine times. I really need to label these. <laughs> uh, all we need is a piece of tape and a. And I a have Sharpie. a label maker. I need to, I need you, you to do, do it. You I, I can do this. I'll just talk the rest of the time. Go get the label maker. Don't tap me. <laughs> If you hear uh, whirring
2: in the background,
3: <laughs> that's the label maker. Snip. Yeah. All right. Waller seemed like the only option in 19 and 20, though. For I'm Carr. getting the label maker. You keep uh, talking. Are you really? <laughs> this, is, this is great podcasting here. Um, he might be the third fiddle in this offense, and he's sure a top five tight end on draft day. Really has the potential to finish in the top three if a few touchdowns break right for him. Here comes Charge back into the room with the label maker. I'm so impressed. But I'm going to move on to Josh Jacobs. He just had his fifth-year option declined by the Raiders. He's in a contract year. It's likely his last year in Las Vegas. And I haven't even mentioned yet that he's got a new head coach in Josh McDaniels who fell out of the Bill Belichick tree which means shenanigans could be afoot with the running backs. Kenyon Drake is back in Las Vegas. Brandon Bolden came over with McDaniels, and Bolden was used a lot in the passing game in New England last year. Amir Abdullah is still there. I heard the snip there. <laughs> that
2: was the snip of that. That's right. That was the snip of my label. Well, I got the,
3: right here. <laughs> 9x. Nine, nine nine Very X. good. Um, the Raiders also drafted Zamir White in the fourth round and Britton Brown a little bit later. Zamir White could be a factor in Las Vegas this year. Jacobs was already coming off his lowest touch total season in his three-year career. So there's not a lot of confidence here in Jacobs. No. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he was held under the 200-touch mark this year with Drake. Bolden, and Zamir White all factoring into the situation. Now, I agree
2: with all that, but let me throw this out. Okay, throw it. Is there any chance that, especially with Zamir, the draft pick is Zamir White, they already know that they are likely to move on from him, and they just use Josh Jacobs up?
3: Yeah, they, could, they, they know, could definitely do that, but... Just knowing how McDaniels operated the offense in New England last year, yeah. you had Damian Harris for yeah. some games. You had Ramondre Stevenson for some games. That's Brandon Bolden was That's really a factor in the passing game. Ugh. He had like 48 catches last year, unbeknownst to most. So um, I just think that it's probably a three-headed monster here at the I, minimum. I think, I think it is. I'm not touching Josh Jacobs in uh,
2: other than – He's a real do the opposite guy this yeah. year, right? I mean, you know, you're going to be able to get Josh Jacobs in the fifth, sixth round, and at that point, he starts to make a little more sense. Yeah, I
3: believe his ADP is in the sixth right now. That's all I got for the uh, okay. Raiders. If you want to yeah, talk let's about talk one of the other teams, yeah, let's
2: talk Chargers right now. Uh, let's begin with Justin Herbert, the Air Bear. The Air Bear. All oh, right. why didn't I wear my Air Bear T-shirt? Available at chalkfantasy.com. Roar. He, Justin <laughs> Herbert, you know, I knew he had a good season, but you kind of forget all the details sometimes. So he went back and dug back in. Uh, pretty much in any scoring system, he ended up being the second highest scoring fantasy quarterback last year, aided by 5,000 passing yards and 38 passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Helps a lot. But here's the one thing you may not realize Herbert's a sneaky, reliable rushing threat. Last year, he ran for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Mm. Uh, a very mobile Kyler Murray, as a comparable, ran for only 100 more yards and two more rushing touchdowns. And we think of Murray as being highly mobile. Sure. But he only had 100 more yards and two more rushing touchdowns. And two years ago, Herbert ran for the same five touchdowns I'm talking about. So uh, and S- Herbert was sixth in rushing attempts last year. Hmm. So the mobility really, it just it's like the little cherry on top of the Justin Herbert yeah. Sunday That you get when you invest a high draft pick in him. Let's go to the running game. Austin Eckler. Current ADP is second overall. What?
3: I know. That's. Um,
2: Yeah, an elite. Obviously, an elite (laughs) player. He was touted by you and I, Matt, for a long time.
3: No, that's a sad trombone.
2: Where's the peacock? There it is. Label maker.
3: Label (laughs) maker. Allow me. (laughs) Should Should I label it? Met. PC or cock, <laughs> P cock, the
2: letter P cock. Um, so you and I have were you know we we're, we're, we were Austin Eckler believers for a couple of years, and it really took until this coaching administration to let him be a full time player, but. How much weight do you put into the draft acquisition of Isaiah Spiller? Because I'm nervous about it. He is a talented back who could easily siphon off enough carries to make it almost impossible for Eckler to make good on that two ADP. Sure. It's just the ADP is so high, and I love the guy, but he has to have another Workhorse year, and he's only ever had one of those.
3: Yeah, and I think it was the last time I was on the show, I was talking a little bit about Spiller and how I was a little nervous about Eckler. And you were even surprised that I was like, maybe it's time to jump off the Eckler bandwagon a At year too ADP. early yeah. than, rather than a year too late.
2: At his ADP, there's, yeah. I think there's some concern for that. Still love him as a player and everything. And remember, uh, one other thing offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi has always used shared backfields in New Orleans. Right, mm-hmm. and you know he has no you know, uh, last year was a was the off was the weird workhorse year for Eckler, the weird workhorse year for joel Lombardi. They didn't have anybody else and they, that was it. I don't think they had anybody else they wanted to get yeah. the ball, Larry Roundtree, yeah. they, you know Justin Jackson is not even in the NFL right now, sure, so. Roll all that together. I'm nervous about Eckler. Let's talk about Spiller for a minute. Most services had Spiller rated as a third round talent. He ended up going fourth round, um, and it was the third. uh, Most had him as the third uh, running back off the board. I think he went like fourth or fifth running back off the board. Uh, Very good all purpose back. Creates his own yards. Patient runner. Punishing, uh, punishing for opposing tacklers, and he's got good hands. And that's very important for a Joe Lombardi offense. Very productive at Texas A&M. So there's a lot to like about Spiller, and I do believe he will end up being a, uh, he'll be more of a factor this year than any one other running back was in the Chargers offense. Sure, I agree with that. Let's talk Mike Williams. Uh, Just last episode, I discussed his downside Mm -hmm. in great detail, so I'm not going to spend a lot more time on it. But, Matt, I will just tell you, although I know you've listened to last week's episode. I am nervous about any player who puts up, by far, their best season in their contract year, and that's what he just did. ADP is expensive right now for Mike Williams, so I have some hesitation on him. Keenan Allen, no real changes here. Uh, At least 136 targets in five straight years, which is amazing.
3: Yeah, the model of consistency at the wide receiver position. It really is. It really is. If you have Keenan Allen as your second wide receiver on your fantasy team, I'm showing
2: you a great fantasy team. You really are. And just ideal for guillotine league use Mm -hmm. because he just doesn't give you dud games. Get this. Over the last three years, Keenan Allen has had three total dud games where he failed to hit four catches or 50 receiving yards. Wow. For three years, all the rest of them have been at least the four catches and over 50 yards. It's it's amazing and that's nine consistency points in P- PPR. Right, right. That's good. and you just avoided the dud game. Yep. Uh Josh Palmer's fascinating. I hadn't realized how much he stepped up at the end of the season and I believe he will walk into the number 3 receiving role in an offense in which your quarterback just threw for 5000 yards, mm-hmm. right? There's there's yardage to go around. I loved a sleeper Josh Palmer here. Get this, before and after December 12th, the game on December 12th for Josh Palmer. His snaps went from 18 per game to 48 per game. Mm. That's a tripling. His targets went from two per game to six per game. That's a tripling. His yards went from <laughs> 14 to 37. That's a per game. That is a tripling. <laughs> His touchdowns went from one touchdown before December twelfth to three touchdowns after oh, December twelfth. It's it's triple Palmer. It is. Fantasy points per game went from 2 to 7. Mm, that's more than triple. It is a little bit more than triple. Josh Palmer, if that if those last 5 games that we saw at the end of the year are any indication of what's coming this year, Josh Palmer is going to be a sneaky draft mm. pick. I was like to
3: extrapolate all those. It makes him, like, wide receiver 24 (laughs) or something like that. Right, and I'm not
2: ready to quite do that. (laughs) Not on seven fantasy points per game, but I think it showed where a young receiver had earned the trust of the coaching staff, and he rolls into a much bigger role this year. Tight end. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, but I'm only going to mention this. Everett's on his third team in three years. He doesn't interest me at all. He's just a guy. Parham, however, is very interesting as a last pick of the draft dart throw. He's entering his pivotal third year as a tight end. Mm-hmm. Gigantic. He's six foot eight, 240 pounds, and he's fast, athletic, has just one drop in two years. His season last year got cut short on a. On a big time uh, that's super scary hit yeah the soup you remember it yep so uh but parham i think is a fascinating uh dart throw tight end and i'd keep an eye on donald parham offensive line game first rounder zion johnson Mm. for the chargers let's take a break matt when we come back let's talk through broncos and chiefs
0: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Segment number two, Fantasy Football Weekly, breaking down the teams of the AFC West, and we now pivot to the Denver Broncos, home of Denver, home of Mary's Mountain Cookies, oh. which I could not
3: recommend more highly. You had me at Cookies. I, I'm in. Where, when are we going? Uh, they'll ship. Road trip? Yeah, they'll ship them. Okay. I've got some in
2: my freezer. <laughs> I shipped them here. After I was in Fort Collins in Colorado Springs and yeah. I found this place. Uh, cause they're sprinkled throughout the greater Colorado area. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, oh, these are amazing. So then I came home and I shipped, had them ship a dozen to me and I ate a bunch of them when they got here and then I froze the rest.
3: Uh, how do they compare to the crumble cookies? Crumble is straight garbage compared to these.
2: <laughs> I knew you'd
3: have a strong
2: opinion There, <laughs> Crumble cookies are so sweet, you can't eat them. By the way. They're awful. My, I, are, my teeth hurt just cho- with every their bite. Their
3: chocolate chip cookie is really good, though. It, I, I'm not a big fan of all their crazy flavors and stuff. Their chocolate chip is solid. All right. But I heard, I heard you and Fish talking last week about Five Guys, and y- you were— bashing five guys oh, five terrible. guys isn't about the fries five guys is about the burger and that they is like... only have three things on the menu and fries is one of them you better do it well uh, uh, i you know and i disagree on the fries too i think when they get them right and they're nice and crispy ooh, they're, they're not they're...
2: but they're soggy oh
3: you got to get the them with the cajun seasoning and on them Ooh, they're 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 delightful and the burger's not that great <laughs>
2: Denver Broncos, I have, I have reason to believe Russell Wilson is your new starting quarterback.
3: Yeah, can't talk about that without talking about the offseason trade that landed them. Uh, dangerous Wilson. Uh, you get to pair him with a new head coach and play caller, Nathaniel Hackett, who comes over from Green Bay. By the way, all my intel on, on Hackett.
2: He's really good.
3: Yeah. Really good. Well, he brought in uh, offensive coordinator Pat Shermer as well, who... Uh, we've seen have some some good success in the past. Not great success as a head coach, but yep. as an offensive coordinator, he's mm-hmm. he's been uh, above average. Uh, so they're guiding the offense, which kind of feels like it's a totally different outlook for Wilson getting out of the Seattle mode where Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. Yeah. But I looked back on it. Um, all of the Wilson, Hackett, and Shermer offenses okay. in the last three years we're all between 54 and 57% passing hmm. right in the middle of the pack. Okay. So fundamentally, it doesn't look like there's going Much to be some major okay. shift. Russell Wilson's not going to pass a heck of a lot more. Um, but that doesn't mean that people aren't drafting these wide receivers like really high. And I'm going to start with Jerry Judy. Uh, he had some legal issues this offseason, dinged up a bit in minicamp. Everyone is all over Judy as a sleeper which in turn means that he really can't be a sleeper anymore because we're all wide awake. uh, ADP's uh, pushed too high. Yeah, he's in the fourth round for ADP right now. It's too high. In 10 healthy games last year, Judy scored zero touchdowns and averaged around four catches for 47 yards per game. Now, he will most certainly improve upon those numbers with a massive upgrade at quarterback. Yes. But he's going in the fourth round. Guys right behind him include Terry McLaurin. DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Rashad Bateman, Juju Smith Schuster. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have all of the above over Jerry Judy right now.
2: You're you're really when you take Jerry Judy that high, Matt, Mm -hmm. you're doing it all on talent. And what we saw in college and what we've seen glimpses of with the Broncos, but never consistently, and projecting what that could look like if it all comes together with Russell Wilson, you're you're betting on him being materially better, and that it does all come together
3: You're here. betting on explosive output from Judy, really and we, we just haven't seen that in the pros yet. Uh, Cortland Sutton did play every game last season. He scored two whole touchdowns, so we're drafting him at an ADP slightly higher yeah. than Jerry Judy. Uh, higher? You mean earlier? He's earlier. Oh, he's, he's earlier in the fourth round. Uh, he also had only three games of over 90 yards. I mean, man, the Broncos passing game just sucked last year, but... Um, he's, he's four or five picks ahead of Judy right now. Okay. Slightly more bankable as we've actually seen him have a thousand yard season once in his four year career. Yeah. But to me, if I'm in the fourth round, I don't think I'm going to take the variance that could come with these wide receivers. And by the way, Tim Patrick, the third string wide yeah. receiver had more touchdowns last year well, th- than Judy and Sutton have combined over the last two years. Yeah. I I don't know if you have Patrick's ADP in front of you, but out of the three, I might
2: pick Patrick (laughs) if I had to pick
3: one. I don't don't have it in front of me, but it's probably 14th, 15th, 16th round in there. Um, My favorite little sleeper from this offense is Albert Akwagbanam, or Albert O, as many like to call him. He's probably the Bronco I'll get on most of my rosters. Currently the 16th tight end off the board, a 12th round ADP. You get the subtraction of Noah Fant, who went over mm-hmm. to Seattle in the Wilson trade. And Albert O oh seems like a prime player to jump into a significantly higher target share. Wilson's tight ends have averaged six touchdowns per year over the last three and if Albert's looking at sixty catches and around six hundred yards, which is kind yeah, of what in probably, line, that's probably fair. Where he, uh, was although last I think year. I think
2: Greg Dulcich is going to be a very good player and will eat
3: into that, but Could probably be. not this year. But sixty catches, six hundred yards, and five or six scores—that's mm-hmm. got him at about tight end twelve. So he's yep. definitely in play there. Uh, finally, let's talk the runners, and it's Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, and I'm putting them together because they are just a split right down the middle
2: frustrating
3: split or where they were last year and I suspect they will be this Uh, and Williams was electric for most of the year didn't fare too well on the ground in the final three weeks of the season where he ran for only 2.6 yards per carry kind of wore down at the end of the year averaged 4.8 yards per carry in the other 14 games but the biggest issue was the near even split and Gordon outscored Williams 10 to 7 in the touchdown department Uh, could the better back win out in this new system question mark yeah Nathaniel Hackett's offense did this last year in Green Bay Aaron Jones had 223 touches AJ Dillon had 217 touches this has got this looks like a 50-50 split you have to take Javante in the early third he was going almost in the first before Melvin Gordon resigned Melvin Gordon isn't going off the board until the ninth tenth round turn I'll take Melvin Gordon there. It's yeah. not exciting. No, I'm, with, not you. I'm sexy, with you. It's not I'm
2: with you. It's another do-the-opposite running back. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you get him in the, the ninth back. round, and yeah, you might I'll get the it.
3: exact same numbers as Javante Williams, right. unfortunately. On four <laughs> rounds earlier, Yeah, we, we all want Javante Williams to be the guy, but it's not in the cards. For the
2: Kansas City Chiefs, we've got more change than usual, and we highlighted this in last week's show. No team has more vacated targets in the NFL by a mile than the Chiefs sure. do. And so we do have a lot of change here. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, everything runs through him. And this could be a year with an unusual amount of inconsistency from Mahomes because of all these changes and and some other factors, too, that we'll talk about. And you may have forgotten he had a long stretch of mortality mm-hmm. fantasy-wise from mid-October to early December, which is a long time mid-October to early December. A six-game stretch in which he had one good game and five terrible games Ooh. for Patrick Mahomes. He had never had a stretch this bad. His one good game, by the way, 50 attempts, five touchdowns against the Raiders. <laughs> the other five games I'm referring to during this six-game stretch, he averaged 218 yards and 0.4 touchdowns. It's Teddy Bridgewater's looking at that and pointing and laughing.
3: So, you highlighted Justin Airbear. Mm-hmm. You highlighted Patrick Mahomes here. Yeah. Who's going to be higher on your cheat sheet when you start A-Bear, publishing the which is going to be next the week? Cheat sheets yep, it'll be Justin, soon here. It'll be Justin Air So you're going to be Air, the Air Bear. Josh Allen uh, one. Yes. and Air, yep.
2: Air Bear two. I believe he is two. Yep. I've you know I've got it done. I just haven't done it in front of me. But I Kay. believe that's right. All yeah. right. I love I love passing consistency. Sure. Um yeah. Anyway, okay, so let's keep moving on here. The so just I think and by the way, Mahomes finished very, very well. So mm-hmm. I'm mentioning the six games where he, you know, he had this long stretch where he struggled, but he did finish the game, finish the year very well. Multiple touchdowns in the final eight games of the year, including the playoffs. So you know, he's still Patrick Mahomes, but you may have more inconsistency than at any any point that we've seen in the past. Still, I just want to highlight that. For Travis Kelsey, turns 33 this year. There's been a lot made of that in the offseason. Some small statistical signs of slowing down last year his lowest target numbers since 2017, his lowest yards since 2017, his lowest average reception distance since 2015, um, all that last year. And he also had the horrible stretch of games. His stretch of bad games was even longer, Matt. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey went through a 10-game stretch spanning from week 4 to week 14, almost the entire fantasy regular season, in which he scored two touchdowns. Mhm. And in that stretch, he had four absolute dud games with three or four catches and less than 27 yards in those games. So we I, another player that we had been used to, Travis Kelsey, being just a consistent producer. Last year, we saw that start to change. He's going to be a year older. I think you have to build in some variance into Travis Kelsey's probable outcome this year.
3: He also broke up with his girlfriend and she revealed that she, he was charging her half of the rent.
2: Good. <laughs> I love that. I'm You're back to number one on my cheat sheet.
3: That's fantastic.
2: Can't freeload off Travis Kelsey. I like it. He's got his own house though. He doesn't pay rent. He owns a house. He but I like that. He's he renting, renting to his girlfriend. He's teaching her a lesson up front. I like that. Well, uh, there it's his ex now, <laughs> girlfriend. Kansas City's wide receivers as a position group. Let me ask you this, Matt: If you think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for, let's say, thirty-five touchdowns, mm-hmm. right? You know, so you know that's less than he had and he's had in any healthy season. A little downtick sure. from where he's been the last few years. One or more of his receivers is sitting on a pretty big year. Double digits, you know, for sure. Probably double digits, right? you be. know, Kelsey's, Even if Kelsey, Kelsey takes, takes 10. Kelsey takes 10, right? Exactly. If Kelsey takes 10, I got 25 unaccounted
3: for yeah. touchdowns, most of whom are going to go to wide receivers. Yeah, six probably going to running backs, leaves 19 for wide receivers. That's mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster territory so right there.
2: Let's talk about him. I, you're more optimistic about him than I am. Returns from a shoulder injury that cost him almost all of last season. Did not score in his four healthy games last year and averaged his average game last year. Went healthy, three catches, 32 yards.
3: I'm oh. not sure Ben Roethlisberger could get him the ball last year, though. He's got a little bit more
2: of a strong armed uh, quarterback cornerback. John Johnson right was pretty good. It's true. Uh, Juju ran 73% of his snaps from the slot mm-hmm. uh, over the last two years. And you figure he'll take over a lot of those Tyreek Hill slot routes. He mm-hmm. um, can't run them the same way because nobody else is Tyreek Hill. But uh, he'll, uh, he'll run about half his total routes from the slot. I think, I think, I think Juju ends up being a slot receiver in this sure. offense. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, good reports out of mini camps. Um, Normally, you might say that moving to a Patrick Mahomes offense from anybody else means you're going to get an automatic uptick, but he's coming from Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. Aaron throws a great deep ball. So does Patrick Mahomes. It's You know what you're going to get with him. He's the, really the team's only deep speed threat now yeah. that Tyreek Hill is gone. And this team loves to, to challenge deep. But you're gonna have the games where those deep balls connect, and you're gonna have games when they do not connect. It feels like have... it's going to be impossible
3: to start Marquez Valdez It'll, it'll take some guts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel to... like you'll guess wrong more often than not.
2: You certainly that was certainly the case in Green Bay. Yeah. Usage probably goes up here, I think, because this team does want to throw deep and he's the obvious guy to do that to. Then let's go to Skymore, who I also talked about extensively last week. I love him. I want to reiterate that I think there's a very good chance that right this minute, today, at this second, look at the clock, look at your watch, your your iPhone watch, whatever. Mm. He's the best receiver on the team. Okay, Skymore, right now, as a rookie, could be the best receiver on that team. By the end of the year, I, I feel even more strongly that by the end of the year, Skymore will be the best receiver on this team. There's, there's some confidence in that. I like it. Mecole Hardman, I, I don't see any obvious reason to believe that Hardman's role is going to be any different in year four, except that there's more available routes to run with all these players gone. Pringle mm-hmm. gone and Robinson gone and Tyreek Hill gone. Clyde Edwards-Alaire took a massive step back in year two, but his ADP suggests that people should, you know, suggest suggests that people are bullish on him rebounding. I, I was surprised. I was thinking to myself going into this exercise, you know, I really don't like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but he's going to be so cheap. He's not that cheap. He's running back 25 in the fifth round. Yeah.
3: That's not that cheap. That's not the discount I expected.
2: That's not where I'm taking him. I I need a bigger discount before I'm going to go uh, move on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If you distill a lot of negative factors, it really gives you a clear portrait of a deeply unreliable fantasy producer in Clyde Mm Edwards-Alaire. Injuries, the few goal line carries, the modest number of carries, and a bewildering lack of usage in the passing game. You put all that together, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It's he's got he, to make good on his twenty-fifth uh, running back ADP. He's going to have to be a materially different and better player than he has been.
3: Andy Reid was known for years and years for having you know great running backs that caught passes and everything like that. But as soon as Patrick Mahomes arrived on the scene, it seems, yeah, right. like, it well, seems like those running backs have just disappeared. No. And it, it's interesting to me that. Maybe Andy Reid just shifted his complete focus oh, by to, having a weapon like yeah, Patrick right. Mahomes, and he's it, like, right. I, I just am not going to do this right. anymore. It's I, easier to pass. Do I, I could dump the ball
2: off a bunch of times to yeah. so my running backs, or I could throw 40-yard lasers yes. with Patrick Mahomes. That's, I think you're right. Uh, let's talk Ronald Jones. Presumed to be taking over the Daryl Williams role as reflected by another healthy ADP. He's running back 41 in the ninth round. Mm. Wow. I don't love it. No. I, I just don't know that he's any good. You know, the Bucs certainly don't think he was. You know, it's it's been two years since they've given him any kind of meaningful role with Tampa Bay, and they just let him walk.
3: Yeah. The, you're not going to have a Kansas City running back on your roster, Charge. No, probably you, you, not. You won't. I won't well, either. Well, there's one guy, am I? Might oh, wait, really?
2: So then let's talk about Derek Gore, our average five yards Derek per carry Gore? last year. Derek Gore? But didn't impress Andy Reid enough to get any kind of role in the postseason, in which he had a three carry game, a zero carry game, and an inactive game okay. in the in the postseason. Um, and so I, I i'm not that I'm not that intrigued by Derek Gore, honestly. Okay. Rookie Isaiah Pacheco, on the other hand, mm. so he was a seventh round draft pick out of Rutgers. Horrible offensive line. But he somehow managed to still be productive and he showed some real moments of explosiveness. Good speed, good for, uh, footwork, really good speed. He's got 4.38, ran a 4.38 40. Um, and he's got a <laughs> he's powerful win the physical build. <laughs> I like a, another, I've, I've already recommended a, a, another player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Parham is the last pick in your draft. Isaiah Pacheco. Let's watch him in the preseason.
3: You're going to trade down for multiple last round picks, aren't you? (laughs) I'm going to go Rick Spielman. (laughs) You're going to get a whole bunch of firsts. That's right. And a whole bunch of lasts. I like that idea. Love it. All right. Thanks for
2: listening to our breakdown of the AFC West next week. NFC West, and then we'll have done all the teams.
3: Yeah. I'll come back and do the NFC West with you. you. How about that? that That would be fantastic. Talk to you in a week, everybody.
2: Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. Hello just start listening.